This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, good morning, and welcome to Teachers Talk Radio. My name is Holly Kingmand. I am the host of The Morning Break every Thursday. And I am coming to you live from the beautiful Leighton Buzzard in Bedfordshire. Got a great show for you today. Get yourself comfortable, grab a cup of tea. We're going to be talking, making the switch from classroom to tutoring. This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. So welcome this morning to Teachers Talk Radio. Now, um, it's an interesting conversation we're going to be having today because I imagine most teachers, uh, this topic has crossed their mind at some point uh, throughout their career, if not regularly. Um, We are going to be talking about making the switch from uh, working in a classroom environment, in a school or similar setting, to being master of your own universe, being a tutor or doing some form of educational work um, on your own time, in your own way, to your own rules. Now, this is something that I've been very lucky enough to do. I almost accidentally uh, fell into doing what I do now, um, having spent years working in a classroom in in secondary schools and middle schools. And my guest today, Alex Hamlin, also known as Alex the English Tutor, uh, he has also done a similar thing and made that that transition into being um, a tutor. So it's going to be a really interesting conversation today. If you've got a question for me or for Alex, uh, you can message live into the uh, digital Podbean studio, or you can get the conversation going over on social media by using the hashtag TT Radio. So I'm hoping that Alex will be calling into the studio momentarily so we can get the conversation started. So if you are thinking of making the switch, uh, what are your reasons for making the switch? Is it workload? Is it uh, something to do with um, working your own hours, working in a way that fits around maybe your family commitments? For me personally, my, my husband's a teacher. So for us, if I can still work in education, doing what I love, but fit it around his work commitments, uh, then we can better support our family. So what is the reason that you are thinking of making the switch? Do let us know. Uh, you can contact me on social media. It's Holly's Classroom. Some social media platforms, there's an underscore in there somewhere, but I'm sure you can work it out. Come and let me know what you think. And of course, like I said, if you are getting the conversation going on social media, then do use the hashtag TTRadio. So um, I'm going to welcome today's guest, Alex Hamlin. Hello, Alex. Hi, Holly. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Oh, the, you're lovely. Can you hear me okay? Because we haven't, we, haven't, uh, we haven't tested the sound. No, we haven't. Um, and fortunately, uh, you sound loud and clear. So that's oh, uh, 
really good start. Um, so thank you no, for joining. I really, I really liked. I really liked the Masters of the Universe. Well, not Masters of the Universe. <laughs> masters of of your universe thing that you just said. Uh, yeah, well, I think too. that's that's kind of what we are, aren't we? We're masters of our own universe. We get yeah. to make all of the big decisions. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Alex, um, there'll be lots of people listening in today um, that will they'll know that you are a uh, English tutor. Obviously, I've, I've introduced yeah. you. Um, but why don't you start by telling us a little bit by about why you've done what you've done and where you started? So a little bit about your career. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't actually come from a sort of a traditional route of being an English teacher. Um, before uh, the majority of my experience has been uh, with learning support in uh, further education really um, so one of my main roles um, was managing learning support staff and coordinating support for students and working one-to-one um, and in class and mentoring and things like that um, so that's sort of generally where my background that must have been really really rewarding Alex yeah, for sure. You know, because you get to sort of see the impact every day. Um, mm. Plus, in that as well, there was uh, there was an English improvement course at a sixth form college that I ran as well. And I think that sort of, you know, that sort of inspired me to sort of move into English, which has always sort of been my passion, really. Um, we'll definitely talk some more about that because we'll be talking about your Shakespeare memes um, at some stage. Uh, so tell us about what you do now. So, yeah, so now currently I mostly uh, teach GCSE English language and literature online. Um, that's sort of my specialism. Uh, but I also cover key stage three and uh, functional skills. Um and every now and again, a little bit of a little bit of key stage two. Uh, but I generally leave I generally leave the younger ones to experts like yourself, really. <laughs> I'm not sure about expert, but um, I think you can get away with <laughs> knowing less when they're younger. <laughs> well, I remember, um, I remember, I remember in um, in I think was it 2020, which was sort of just before you started. Um, and uh, since since then, you seem to you know you, you, uh, you um, sort of seem to have really have sort of grown so so much with the stuff that you've done, and I think it's been sort of quite sort of exciting and sort of inspiring for you know for tutors and for teachers and probably for parents as well, really. Um, so, oh, that's you know, so um... congratulate, you know congratulate you on that. Well, thank you, Alex. And actually, that's really generous of you to say, because um, whilst um, we've we've never met, we've never worked together or collaborated, um, what people won't know is that before we went into lockdown and I was starting to think about whether I wanted to set up as a tutor, um, yeah. you know, with to having two small children and not sure, being sure whether classroom teaching was going to, you know, work for us as a family, for me. Um, you, I came to you as a random person and said, how do you do what you do? Um, I want yeah. to do what you do. Can you give me yeah. some advice? And I, I, I think I probably bothered you a little so I, bit yeah. too frequently. 
Um, And if it wasn't for you, I probably wouldn't have got round to doing what I actually did in lockdown. So thank you to you. So you're saying that you say that the majority of your awards and success and (laughs) was was sort of most mostly down to me. That's that's fair enough. I would say entirely, Alex. Um, so tell us about, um, yes, as, as I was saying, sorry, tell us, I cut you off. Um, tell us about what you do now and, and what you offer. So um, I know that you're based in Bristol, mm. but, you know, do you do face-to-face, online? What's the, the, the breakdown of what you right, do? So, yeah, so I used, I, used, I used to do face-to-face. So when I, when I sort of started out, this was in about 2016, it was just, it was sort of face-to-face in the local area, really, of Bristol. Um, and then it was, you know, sort of like that for quite a long time. And there, there was a few sort of online sessions, but um, it, it sort of switched to online. Well, obviously, um, uh, because of the lockdowns and everything. Um, um, and I was always one that never thought that, um, you know, that the online thing could really work because I was just so used to working face to face with students and getting that rapport and mm. stuff like that. Um and I always thought that, that, you know, you'd never be able to get the same kind of thing online. Um, but I think that was just because I was used to that and I hadn't really experienced the online thing. So when I was sort of like forced into um, sort of forced into the online thing, I was actually pleasantly surprised, pleasantly surprised on I was pleasantly surprised of how well it worked and how and how well the students sort of adapt to that change or how they adapted to that change because obviously they were forced out of school at that um, um at that time um it, it's really interesting isn't it because um, i felt the same very much you know i, I felt face to face was the only way and i wouldn't be able to connect with people or with you know children yeah. if i was doing one-to-one lessons online um, but until you're forced into that situation where you, you're out of your comfort zone and you can't go back to your comfort zone, you, I yeah, think you start is, yeah. to, to find new ways of achieving the outcomes that you achieved before. And, and, and we will talk some more later in the show today about building those relationships online. But I think it's entirely possible um, and it maybe even in some ways easier to do online what we previously set out to do face to face. Well, yeah, because you because you think, you know, because I remember I remember thinking that it was so important to, you know, to sort of read the students body language and facial expressions, you know, to really sort of tell exactly how they were understanding things or not. Um, But then there's so many things, there's so many sort of advantages to the online thing. And I think a lot of students actually prefer it. I think I think a lot of students actually feel more comfortable from the comfort of their own homes rather than um, a classroom setting or rather than sitting in front of a tutor and sort of being there face to face. I think a lot of students actually prefer it. And you sort of adapt with all the different things that Zoom can do and everything like that. Um, I mean, it's it's fabulous what you can do, isn't it? Yeah. with annotating on the screen in Zoom and I mean, other platforms are and other services are available, but I, I use Zoom and yeah. I love that I can have you know a really bright PowerPoint integrated. Um, and actually, I, I was that, some of the bright PowerPoints of yours I've seen, and I was thinking I really need to up my game and make my PowerPoints <laughs> a bit more sort of engaging and bright and stuff like that. So 
do you do you know what though? If you want to, uh, if, if you want to record your lessons and then put them on YouTube, um, you have to pay a small fortune to Zoom if you want to record it in HD. And if you don't record it in HD, it's all a bit yeah. muted. So I'm a little bit disappointed. Sometimes I'm like, this is a, I've got this great bright thing going on, and then actually when I watch it back on YouTube, it's, it looks a bit grey. But but anyway, that's an aside. But I mean, even in, I've got a, class, a small group that I work with on a Thursday. I'll be with them tonight, in fact. And um, in our PowerPoint that I was using, yeah, I'd integrated a, we were talking about um, sort of a pre-GCSE class. We were looking at structure and uh, we were looking at a film clip as a way of sort of breaking into talking about structure confidently. And yeah. I, I integrated this short Harry Potter clip perfectly, like, not great skill actually somebody else helped me with it and wasn't my own skill but it's incredible that I could do that now if I was working one-to-one or, or in a small group with these children um you know it wouldn't have the same sort of smooth professional look about it mm-hmm. I think that you know that, as we both say you know there's, there are some incredible things that we can do with um with online yeah. teaching <laughs> The thing that that sort of seems to uh, sort of work really well in my sessions is um, students con- um, um, students controlling my screen and being able to type things and being able to click things and being able to interact themselves. That's that's sort of been a really good thing. Um, I think when I first started the Zoom, the uh, the function either wasn't there or I just wasn't using it, and it was a case of the student sort of just watching me click around and things like that but um it's much better for them to have that sort of input and sort of interaction with the session yeah i'm 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 the same i didn't know that that could be done to start with and actually um what i ended up doing early on would be um asking them to verbally tell me their answers and i would be typing them into the powerpoint for them (laughs) um and or they would put it into the chat and i'd copy and paste it into the powerpoint and i still do to some degree you know that Mm. especially with uh younger learners or those that don't have a particularly fast typing speed um i do find if you've got a 45 minute lesson with them for example that actually for them to not all things because sometimes we are looking at you know the technical accuracy of their writing but sometimes I'm like just you tell me your answer and I'll type it into the screen we've got lots that I want to get through so (laughs) sometimes though um for students that well so some students as you know are are sort of very very talkative and they want to chat constantly which is great but there's other students that you know that are fairly sort of quiet and for them um the sort of ability to sort of type in their answers and stuff like that and sort of not have to talk constantly is sort of quite good for students like that. Yeah, I think so, as well yeah. for, so for students that yeah. are um, maybe they their, their mental health or their social skills mm. um, might prevent them from feeling comfortable in a one-to-one situation. Um, actually, online teaching provides them with that comfort blanket of being on the other side of a screen um, and, you know, our main goal is to help them grow academically. Um, so, yeah. you know, even though being important, developing those social skills and their confidence is important. That's, yeah. do you know what, this is, I, I can't believe this is happening in my show today. Somebody is at my front door and my dog is yeah. barking like crazy. <laughs> See, I was, I was worried something like this was going to happen to me. So... <laughs> 
Hello. You said the 19th. Sorry, I'm on a live call at the moment. Oh, <laughs> uh, you have to love live radio. That was someone coming to clean my, my oven. <laughs> it, but they got the wrong day. This takes me back to some of my lockdown lessons, actually, where, you know, I'd get an Amazon delivery mid-lesson and I'd just sort of reach out the window and collect it whilst I was mid-talking about similes or something. Um, so if there was, well, if yeah. anyone was doubting like whether that. this show was live today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it definitely things, is. things like that happen all the time. And some, sometimes, sometimes it happens to me, but sometimes um, students are on a call and their parents have obviously forgotten that they, you know, that, you know that they've got their English lesson today, and that and the parent will come in saying something or shouting about one thing or the other, and then become very embarrassed when they realise <laughs> that. Um, Have you had any any have... really great, funny, or embarrassing moments? Oh, uh, probably, I can't sort of think off the top of my head, but uh, <laughs> I did. Oh. I, I I'm not sure if I heard rightly, but did I hear church bells in the background when you first? Yes, actually, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. So, there's a church literally right outside the window. Um, the house is an old vicarage. So. Well, that's quite a nice little um, interrupting yeah, but apart from that, noise. It's the, quiet, it's the quietest. It's the quietest room I could find. But you're not gonna, you're not gonna get rid of the bells. Well, um, my, my advice would be don't ever get a dog because um, mine, Bertie, just he's got a serious wind problem. And um, particularly if I'm on an online lesson and um, he does what he does best, that I often see the students look at me thinking that I'm the one who, who's <laughs> made the sound effect. I have to say, actually, it's not me. It's my dog. Um, so, yeah. And you have to get, and you have to put that. And you have to probably hold him up in front of the in front of the <laughs> camera, just just as just as proof. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, what led you out of the classroom and into what you're doing specifically? Was it to do with mm. um, your work life balance, or wanting to have you know, like we say, master of our universe, um, or yeah. you know, was it money? You know, what what were the main factors that made you leave what you were doing? Because it sounds like it was so rewarding. And led you I to think, do this by yourself. Yeah, I think, I think, I think something that that sort of made me think about it was when I was, um, was when I was running this English improvement course at this sixth form college, and it was it was working on things like spelling, punctuation, and grammar, um, and essay writing skills and stuff like that. And I was working one to one with some of the students, and I really really enjoyed that. And I was thinking, oh, I. You know, I would love I would love just to work one to one with these students on their English skills all the time. Um, so I sort of started sort of uh, doing it as a sideline type thing, just in the evenings and on the weekend, you know, just sort of every so often. Um, and it started out as um, um, the session started out mostly focusing on sort of core literacy and sort of general English and essay skills. It wasn't actually GCSE um, straight to begin with. Uh, the GCSE language and literature stuff was was something that sort of developed over time. Um, and I sort of lived and breathed English language and literature for sort of a couple of years, just sort of making sure I was I was an expert on on everything possible. Reading all the revision guides, watching 
all the Mr. Bruff and Mr. Salas videos and nice, yeah, uh, that kind of thing. So that was sort of a thing that sort of gradually sort of became a thing. Um, uh, but yeah, the work life thing as well, because I sort of wanted to move, um, sort of move closer to uh, to being sort of more independent in terms of my work stuff and um, the flexibility now is sort of great. Um, especially with online, because uh, uh, because I can I can literally work I can literally work anywhere in the world if I want to. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for that actually, because we're mm. talking about whether we go on a summer holiday this year, and um, I you know planned reading courses that I want to deliver and one to one sessions, and actually, if you're an online teacher, you can just pack up your laptop and teach anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, so sometimes I will go um, and stay with family and I will just, you know, I would just work from there instead and uh, friends and things like that. And it's sort of things I wouldn't have been able to do before. If I had a normal nine to five and I had to get up and go to work every day, it, it would literally be maybe some weekends I'd be able to do that kind of thing. Whereas the flexibility is fantastic. So I, you know, um, I certainly can't see myself wanting to sort of sign up to a Monday to Friday nine to five job now, to be honest. Yeah, I think you get used to um, being in total control of, of, of what, not just when you work, but I, for me personally, and, and I, I imagine, I mean, it sounds like you feel the same, but being mm. able to teach what you love in a way you love. I know you do a lot of exam work. Yeah. But yeah. for me, with a maybe a focus more on key stage two, key stage three. I mean, I did a workshop uh, probably a year and a half ago now that was yeah. um, create create your own Shakespeare puns, um, Christmas puns to make your own Shakespeare Christmas pun Christmas card. <laughs> right. Um, you know. So that, was, yeah, so that was completely your idea, your thing. Yeah, but th- what I'm saying is, we can go. Well, do you know what? I quite like this, and I quite like that, and do you know what? In a normal school situation, I'm going to have it all sort of laid out for me. This is what you need to be teaching. These are the skills you have to cover. You've got this much time to do it. You know, some schools I know are very prescriptive as well. This lesson on this day, this is what you have to teach. Um, But when you do it yourself, you can be really creative with what you teach. And you can teach from your heart. Yeah, I sort of found that with working in... Uh, schools and colleges things things are, you know things are obviously done very well but it was sort of prescribed to a certain extent and things had to be done a certain way and there were just a few times I was thinking I wish I could just do this my way I could do this a much better way if I could if I could sort of design this and I could sort of teach this in the way that I thought was best you know um, so I sort of wanted to do that and it's sort of with uh, the GCSE, it's sort of about sort of getting the balance because obviously um, you've got the exam papers and everything like that and the skills, you know, yeah. they're obviously going to be the same, stuff like that. But the way that you approach it, you can sort of add your own personal touch to it and sort of approach it in the way that you think is right. So you sort of have to go through, you know, that set sort of route because it's those those very sort of rigid sort of exam question types and 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 things like that. But you can sort of bring your own creativity to it yeah and um 
so when you first decided, right, I'm going to do this, I'm going to set up as a tutor, yeah. um, did you have sort of instant success? Were your books full very quickly? How did you go about making sure it was a, a viable career change? Well, not career change, um, I suppose, workplace change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, it was a very gradual thing, you know, so I was still working, you know, my full time job. Um, it was it was sort of a case of um, it was sort of a case of getting on to Facebook sort of community groups, the local groups and just making up an advert and just explaining what I can provide and that kind of thing. And then just slowly just getting one person and two people and stuff like that. Um, uh, so it's the advertising on the local groups really in the area was was was, um, was sort of really where it started. And then once 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 you get another um, client from word of mouth, it sort of tends to sort of snowball from there, really. And by all accounts, you're extremely popular now. You've got um, a, a Facebook page that is alive and well. Um, I frequently see uh, you posting some lovely feedback from your students. Do you think, or from their parents, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that sort of thing really helps? The page for me, I would think, is the was the number one thing for me. Actually, um, first of all, when I was thinking about it, I was I was sort of looking at um, some other tutors' Facebook pages and stuff like that, and some of them were really great and really inspiring. Um, some of them not so much. So I, um, um, so. Uh, so I sort of wanted to design the kind of page that I would want to access if I was a student. Um, and the page started off really as just a place for my own students to access, to access sort of videos I would upload or resources or just sort of general information. Um, and it sort of came, sort of became a place where I could um, um, uh, create sort of Shakespeare create memes. Yeah, create Shakespeare means, yeah, sort of create that sort of online presence and the brand and thing, you know, sort of a page that was just interesting to follow. So not just really sort of bland sort of exam type things, but things that were a little bit more fun. So I've got a, yeah, so I've got a photo album where I just upload Shakespeare memes that make me laugh. I'm not sure if they make anyone else laugh, but um, things about, things about Romeo and Juliet and Macbeth and stuff like that. And, you know, and sort of general sort of silly stuff um, that's sort of uh, mixed in with, um, you know, serious, useful resources and sharing videos and stuff like that. Um, and do you think that that's your your brand then? Do you think that's what people, ooh. when they see that, do you think that's a reflection of who you are as a, as a tutor? Yeah, it, yeah, it really makes a difference because I saw I saw some other English tutors pages and I could tell that these that these people were probably fantastic English teachers that have years and years of experience. But it really wasn't being reflected on the way um, that they were presenting themselves online. And, you know, and, that, you know, and that could have been because they weren't particularly sort of computer savvy and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh so I just wanted to make it um, a place for students to access, for it to be useful for parents as well, to access sort of tips and information so they would have a clearer idea of what was going on with their, um, with their 
um, like English work for their um, for like the children and stuff like that, and also uh, for teachers to access things. Well, I've noticed actually that you shared lots of. I mean, all of the resources that you have, you share them so generously and so freely. So I, I'm not, I'm not surprised at all that teachers and probably other tutors as well are, are coming to find your resources and. Um, yeah, well, and I should say that a lot of the resources, they're not created from me as such, you know, and I make that clear. But a lot of the things I've created myself as well. So it's sort of a mix of. Um, so just a nice little bit of um teachers talk radio sound in the background for you music in the background yeah (laughs) um, uh, i'm really excelling myself on the uh on the technical front (laughs) so uh what's that the resources yeah so it's sort of a mix of things um that i've created or sort of tips from myself that i want to share or it's sort of things that I found online. I think you know that are sort of fantastic. Um, and if I know the author, then I'll you know then I'll always credit them and stuff. But I think that uh, can be quite useful. Um, plus, also the resources that my students access is now huge. I've got literally thousands of sort of documents that I've sort of collected or created since 2016 so it's all on it's all on like a big uh, drive that all my students access um so i think that has been a good way of sort of um creating the business and and things like that yeah absolutely um and it must be quite um sort of reassuring for parents when they're investing in in a new tutor to see sort of a body of work and to see a successful social media page that reflects the, you know, the person that they've been sort of dealing with by email or yeah. such yeah, like. The um, parents, the parents are, the, those are the, um, the bursars, as someone um, said to me the other day, those are the people the paying, they are the people paying for the tuition. So whilst we need to do, you know, a great job by our, our students, um, it, what I suppose separates it from being in the classroom is that we're we're now directly <laughs> responsible to the uh, or answerable to the parents uh, yeah. in some respects. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I think they so I think they want they want to get a lot of information from the page because they want to know what they're buying into. Um, so they and it's quite a saturated market now. You know, I, yeah. with lockdown, yeah. so many people, and not just teachers. Mm. Um, anyone who thinks you know that it's an easy job has thought, "I'll set up as a tutor and I'll work from home." And there's lots of I know platforms where, like, uh, university students can do tutoring and make a few extra quid here and there. So I think we do really need to stand out now as as experts in in our field. But um, we certainly will talk a little bit more about being experts and the relationships that we create with our students and the parents and the positives and negatives and pros and cons of um, being an online tutor after we've been to the news and the ads. Um, Alex, it's been great. Um, Please stick around. Definitely want to hear more from you after the news. Okay, thank you. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care.
They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles, and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development Every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure that Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Search Ed event took place recently at King's Leadership Academy in Warrington and was attended by more than 300 teachers from settings across the UK. The full day consisted of over 40 sessions given by leading academics and educationalists, including Tom Sherrington, Paul Kirshner and Zoe Enser. The day was arranged by Mike Childs and Sarah Vernon, who are both senior leaders at King's Leadership Academy in Warrington. Mike Childs said, Research Ed events present the very best thinking and approaches in education, which is why the event became a sellout, with people travelling from all over the UK. The ability to put many sessions online meant we could allow over 400 to attend, either in person or virtually. In Scotland, Water Safety Scotland, in partnership with Education Scotland, has launched the first of its free educational resources for schools. This new initiative affirms its commitment to reducing 
accidental drowning deaths in Scotland by 50% by 2026. Laura Erskine, Education Subgroup Chair for WSS, said, On average, there are 96 water-related fatalities in Scotland each year. We want to encourage safe and responsible access to Scotland's waterways, which can be a positive and enjoyable experience for young people when coupled with appropriate risk awareness and education. WSS aims to roll out the next phase of this initiative in late May and will continue this during the rest of 2022. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello. This week, we're going to take a look at the much-coveted presentation clicker. It's a must-have device for a lot of teachers out there, as it allows you to move slides whilst AFK. For those new to Two Minute Tech, AFK is away from keyboard. Ranging in price from £8 to £30, this classroom essential allows you to stretch your legs and make a few shapes while you dance around the room. Some of us have a mandatory piece of blue tack over the built-in laser pointer. Others have invested in a bit of duct tape. So we ensure the device meets health and safety regulations. And most of us have a small stash of AAA batteries in a secret place that we never admit to having. Well, Clicker, I'm telling you to stand aside. The mini wireless multimedia keyboard is taking your place. Having a lower price range of £8 to £15 and being able to do everything that Clicker does except blind pupils as it has no laser pointer and, wait for it, it is rechargeable. You have full keyboard and mouse control from anywhere in your classroom. You can move slides on, alt-tab to switch applications, type, use spacebar to stop and start YouTube clips for questioning, battery life is quite honestly ridiculously long, and if it runs out, a five-minute charge on the USB lead will get you through your lesson. All I can say is if you're considering replacing your clicker or are simply a gadget magnet, this is a must-have. Search for mini wireless keyboard in any online shop. The only thing I'd say is get one with a light-up keyboard if you you present with the lights off. As always, don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back from the news and our sponsors. And uh, I think this is third week in a row now where I'm sort of having a bit of a fan moment over the two minute tech because um, I so desperately need those tips. Uh, so we welcome back uh, Alex Hamlin um, of Alex, the English tutor on his social media channels. That's where you can find him, who is a successful and well-respected English tutor serving Bristol and the online communities. Welcome back, Alex. Hello. 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 Hi. Hi. Uh, so um, I, I did say to you before we came on air, the news and the ads are about eight minutes long. You've got time to have a quick break, grab a cup of tea. Yeah. Did you get a cup of tea? Not a cup of tea. I managed to have a wee, though, so that was good. <laughs> OK, good. OK, we've got some bases covered. <laughs> OK, um, so uh, on that note, let's continue our conversation. So um, I wondered, I think one of the things that, um, 
that I personally feel really separates classroom teaching and um, being a tutor and online teaching as well um, is the relationships that you can have. Um, yeah. it's, I mean, I, I wonder whether it might be different because um, I'm female and you're male, I don't know. Um, but in a classroom environment, in a school, I worked for, a, for some time in a busy secondary school in, in London, um, everything had to be very professional with the parents. You know, yeah. would, one school I worked at, we were told we weren't allowed to go to the, the pub on a Friday that was near the school just in case any parents saw us. Um, yeah. So there's that. When you yeah. are a tutor, you can have more relaxed emails with parents. You can have more, possibly more light, light-hearted chat with your students. Yeah. It, that's the experience that I've found over the last couple of years. And I just contrast that with my classroom-based experience before that. But what's your take on that? Yeah, so I have, yeah, so it's all, yeah, so it is, it is, it is always a mix. So I've always tried to sort of keep um the sort of professional persona that I would have had when I was talking to parents when I was working in further education or in a school so to sort of keep that professionalism but there is you know but there is more um you know it is more informal there's more sort of a joking and stuff like that um, um and obviously if you're traveling to people's houses um you get to know them sort of a bit m- um, slightly more than you would if you were chatting yeah, to on a, a on a personal yeah. level. Yeah, you know, on a personal level, you know, you meet the other children, um, you meet the pets, the cats and the dogs and the chickens <laughs> and all the different animals that I've sort of met. So it's sort of a mix of being professional, but there is there is that element. There is that more sort of informal, relaxed element. So. Mm. Um, and I, I presume that your the families that you work with, they all have your personal mobile number. Um, or do you keep uh, everything by email? I'm just curious how yeah, how you do yeah, it because all tutors yeah. do things a little bit differently, don't they? Yeah. Um, the I, I would say the majority we communicate through my Facebook page. Okay. But for one reason or another, sometimes it's easier for um, for the parents to contact me through WhatsApp. It could be because they don't sort of check the Facebook messages very often, or it's just a much more convenient way to communicate. Um, so I'd say it's seven. I, um, so I'd say it's seventy percent through the page, about thirty percent through um, through the WhatsApp. But yeah, the you know that sort of the communication is that sort of mix between the professional, but also just sort of the relaxed and the jokey and stuff like that. Because you know, because the parents don't want to speak to a you know some you know, some serious teacher person and the students certainly don't want that. So I think it's, it's sort of, a, um, it's sort of about having that nice balance. Yeah. And I suppose and we, parents, we, you know, that go I, on Alex. Go on. Um, some of the parents, you know, that I um, sort of communicate with, you know, they're absolutely fantastic and, you know, sort of very like very funny people. We're sending each other funny gifts and stuff like that um, <laughs> through the messenger thing. So, yeah, so it's, so it's sort of, so it's sort of um, quite nice to have that uh, professional thing where you're really doing the best for their child's grades, but you're also a normal person, you know, mm. you know that likes to have a chat as well. So it's a mix. I think there's um, we often 
see the opposite of professional as being unprofessional, but actually maybe the opposite of professional can be sort of less serious or yeah. more relaxed or more welcoming or, you know, the, it's the difference between a suit and tie and relaxed clothing doesn't necessarily make you unprofessional. It might make you more approachable, you know, a whole range of things that may be the opposite of yeah, so um, I think what we imagine sort of, to be sort of professional. Yeah, I think it's about I think professional is knowing when to be more relaxed and informal and to have a joke with the clients. It's yeah, it's all that mix. And um, have you? I mean, I, I I mentioned earlier on in the show that you were really helpful to me when I first started thinking about being a tutor rather than a classroom teacher, but. Yeah. What, you know, do you have a community of tutors that you communicate with or support? Are there other Facebook groups um, or are you really just completely a one man band? No. So. So the role of tutoring, you know, is quite a lonely job, really, because, you know, you're not going into the office. You're not you're not communicating with a big team of people. You know, you're not sort of, you know, sort of seeing people all the time. So it can be quite a lonely sort of job sometimes. Um, so yeah, so right from the start, I was I was getting in contact with local sort of tutors from Bristol, other fantastic tutors, um, and now I sort of have you know sort of online friends, um, you know that I've met through the tutoring community, which is really um, supportive. We share advice, experiences, you know things that go well, and you know the odd complaints and things that might not go well. Um, uh, uh, so that's been a really good supportive thing, you know? Yeah. So over, over the past, um, several years, uh, there's been lots of tutors that have messaged me about various things and I've messaged them with questions. So it's a really supportive community. I've always found it really supportive as well, mm. you know, sharing each other's, you know, adverts. And if, if I can't, help a parent when they contact me and ask for a private tutor or if they need to yeah. do just a few weeks of one-to-ones or whatever they or they want 11 plus which I definitely definitely don't do um I I redirect to other great tutors rather than just say I can't do it I do try to send them in in the right direction and I think tutors because I would say 90% of us come from having worked in a school environment. We are team yeah. players and it's just yeah. a little bit unfortunate that we're, we're in a team of one. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So that's why I decided I actually set up uh, a Facebook group quite a long time ago, purely for English tutors. Uh, and that's been really useful. Uh, so if I've had a question about something, you know, then it's always a good place to go and you've just got, you've, this massive group of English tutors around the country that are ready, you know, to sort of support you sort of in the same way as that sort of physical staff room, I guess that, you know, that we don't have. Mm. Um, and how we, we touched on this very briefly at the beginning, but um, how have you found building relationships with students um, with online? And um, I know you do face to face as well, but though, especially at the start of lockdown everyone was saying um we can't do this online it's not the same as in person 
Um, I, I think we've both said already on the show that it can be done, but but what's your thoughts on it and, and how easy do you think it is to uh, make and maintain relationships in online tutoring? Well, I think we all we all thought we all thought that that oh no, you know, we're used to this normal way, it's not gonna work. But the way that the students adapt, um, and the way that we can adapt really is, you know, is actually quite surprising. Um uh but yeah, I found it really good. Um uh the students of mine, they message me regularly between sessions. So they would send um so they send me messages through Skype and they'd ask me questions and they'd and they'd send me work and all that kind of stuff. So I think the online thing has actually improved the student relationship in a way because they've been able to sort of use the technology that they're so familiar with to to actually engage with me as a tutor, probably more so than when I was going to their house once a week. I suppose it makes it um, a 24-7 relationship rather than a one hour a week relationship. Yeah. And if, you know, and if they follow the Facebook page, although, you know, I have to say with Facebook, a lot of the kids don't really use Facebook, as you know. No, um, we're, we're old people now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So that's why I, 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 I sort of sort of changed, changed the way that I use my page because I was aware that the majority of people that were on my page were parents and teachers, really. Um you know, but there are some students that follow the page and they interact with the posts and stuff like that. And I think that sort of helps um, um, sort of improve the relationship. So it's not just literally that one hour that you see them a week. They've got mm. somebody that they can message at any time with a little question. Um, yeah. So like you said, it is sort of like a 24 hour yeah, yeah. And I don't think there's any expectation that we reply instantly. You know, I try I try not to work on Fridays and Sundays. And, yeah. you know, sometimes I don't get back to somebody straight away. But yeah, you know, they yeah, can always, our students can that, message. Yeah, I always say that the students can message you know can message me any time of the week and I'll message as soon as I can. And that's you know, it always works well. Yeah. Um, so I think the online thing has actually improved things in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think as well that seeing us as real people and not just, I don't know, I mean, I say a suit, I use the, you know, that I'm being incredibly generalised yeah. there. But, um, you know, the occasional picture that we might post on social media on our on our professional pages of us, you know, visiting, I don't know, the British Library or, you know, for me yeah. with my children, if I take them to the library. Um, I think seeing that side of us as well is because um, relationships go both ways, don't they? You know, they yeah. we want to get yeah. to know them so we can best help them. But actually, if they get to know us, um, then they feel more comfortable learning, I suppose. Yeah. And I think if they're aware of of the brand rather than you just being some you know some sort of faceless English teacher I think that sort of helps as well um, and I think obviously you're probably the best example of this because uh, you know because when they're contacting you it's not just oh there's something you know there's a teacher that can help me with English they're contact you know they're contacting Holly this sort of, you know this this uh, celebrity type person so you've you've <laughs> You sort of, you know, you've, you've, you've. I can see what you're saying there. They, they know that what they're, they're looking. Yeah. They know that if they come to me, they know 
what my lessons are going to be like. They know that it's going to be yeah, you know, vibrant or colourful and, you know, that's yeah, what they're, so think, they're picking. Yeah, so I think that really helps with the confidence um, from them, really, because they, you know, they can see who you are um, and they can see what you provide. They can see the style of everything. You know, they can see how everyone else is engaged with you. And I think, you know, it sort of makes it easier because for a lot of students, having an English tutor is sort of a nerve wracking thing. You know, for us, we don't you know, particularly think about it, but um, for students, they need to feel comfortable with it. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe they might feel like they're having, um, you know, tuition or extra support because they are not very good or because they are they need to be doing better so I suppose there's always that added pressure on them why they're having to come to us in the first place um, although I do try to in my sort of group online lessons I do try and sort of direct it as like a, a hobby lesson like come to my lessons because English is really fun and interesting and actually like this is a great thing to learn about rather than yeah. you know being focused on exams for 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 me for example um so yeah. alex if you um what would make you go back to the classroom <laughs> the big question well, I, don't, I don't think yeah i don't think i would ever um return to a full-time position with you know with a college or a school or something like that you know but i have to say that sometimes i miss um that sort of environment you know it is fun mm. being in classrooms it is great to be face to face with the students it is nice to sort of walk around that you know that educational environment so that that part of it i miss um so i'd say i would i would only sort of return to you know to maybe sort of um uh to provide a workshop or to work with some students and that kind of thing I think the positives outweigh the negatives too much for me to say, yep, I'm going to go back and I'm going to teach in a school or I'm going to do some stuff at a college. Mm. So I think I I, it'd be the, for the same I, reason I would, as you, is what... For what me, in terms of my strengths and my personality, it just sort of works better, really. Whereas for other people, the tutoring thing wouldn't work and they would, they, you know, they really um, thrive in that classroom environment and being in the school, you know, and that's great as well. Mm. And if you had total control, what reforms would you make to education? That's an even bigger question. Yeah. <laughs> well, the biggest, well, this is not really sort of a, sort of a reform to education, but, but the number one issue, which you've, sort of probably know with um, students with English is a lack of reading isn't it 99.9% mm -hmm. um, .9 of issues all stem from a lack of reading or not having a love for reading not having a passion for it not having a passion for writing and um, so if so if there was if there was some way for, for things to be reformed so that so that teachers had more room and more time to sort of foster that sort of passion for reading and writing right from an early age then that would oh the well, difference that would well, make well that probably put me out of a job but <laughs> it, it would certainly make it would well maybe that's what would send you back to the classroom alex <laughs> well yeah yeah possibly yeah um so yeah so 
yeah so obviously with this kind of thing the answer you know the answers are not simple i don't know the answers but if there was some way where um um uh, the students could uh could have that sort of passion for reading right from an early age and be able to sort of carry that through key stage three into gcse it would just make the biggest difference um yeah. so that would be Certainly. one thing um i think the other thing uh, specifically GCSEs, because that's you know that's sort of my area. I think I would, I would change it from being one hundred percent exams, and I would I would bring back the coursework. Um, yes. So that you get a, um, so that you can assess the student in a little bit more of a fairer way, rather than assessing how they are on that one sunny day in June. Um, you know, for me, when I was at school, we did you know, like 100 years ago, we did, we did, I think it was 60% coursework. So I had passed my English GCSE before I went into the exam hall, because I was really good with coursework, but I was, I, um, but really not great with exams. Um, so I don't know how I, um, how I would actually do if I was doing 100% exams like they are nowadays. Sure. And I think the pressure that that piles on as well. I mean, like you say, you'd already passed it before you'd sat the exam. I imagine that you went into that exam with a level of confidence that enabled you to do the yeah. very best you could in that situation. But yeah, because I was able. To I don't say, envy them today's teens. Not yeah, not at all. And and the amount of the amount of parents that are very shocked when I send them a message where I'm listing all of the different exams that they're child is going to be taken across language and literature they're really shocked like oh my god that's a lot of exams it's like yeah it is mm. it's you know it's about eight and a half hours worth of exams um it's literally nine nine exam sections i think and that doesn't include spag which if which if you add up all the marks for spag almost amounts to just as much as a just as much and just as much as an english literature exam mm um and it is a lot and unless students are really staying on top of their GCSE literally from the beginning of year 10 they have a lot of they have a lot of stress once it comes to year 11. Yeah I, um, I saw a post of yours recently where you gave okay. uh, tips on surefire ways to fail <laughs> your GCSEs um, and it was all the things that um they could do they to fail yeah exactly yeah exactly good um, uh, in the classic um alex hamlin style i think that post <laughs> very good um yeah, I alex wasn't, this I wasn't, is i wasn't sure how that was going to go down but it was you know <laughs> you know but it made me laugh so that's why i posted it yeah, yeah and, and i think probably quite a lot of teachers and parents enjoyed that post as well let's hope that the um the children un uh, understood the sarcastic tone of it um alex it's been really has been such a pleasure talking to you to get to talk to you properly after you know sort of following your page for a good few years um it's been an insightful conversation and if anyone would like to follow alex on social media um i know it's alex the english tutor on um facebook are you on any other platforms um facebook is the main facebook the main well they can come and they can come yeah. and find you on on facebook and um if you are thinking of becoming a tutor and leaving the classroom and, and you want to uh, see how Alex does it, or if you want access to the, the group that he was talking about, um, then, then that's where you can find him.
Um, Alex, next week on my show, I've got Tommy TikTok. Do you know who Tommy TikTok is? I don't. What does he do? Ah, well, he's got 1.6 million followers on um, on TikTok. He does really short, funny little musical videos about being a classroom teacher. It might be uh, nostalgic for you to go and have a look. Right. Well, I would do that now because I'm on TikTok all the time anyway. (laughs) All the time. (laughs) Um, So uh, lovely. Thank you so much, Alex. And um, I'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. Uh, so that was Alex Hamlin. And like I just said, next week I have Tommy TikTok and he will be telling us all about his rise to social stardom with 1.6 million followers, how his students have responded, being a Sen teacher. Very few people know that he's actually a Sen teacher and what the future holds. So don't forget to come back next week, 11 o'clock, the morning break show with me, Holly Kingmand on Teachers Talk Radio. I will be seeing you then. Goodbye. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.